0: Our gospel reading for this morning comes from John chapter 21. After he appeared to his followers in in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, also known as the Sea of Galilee, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard, it, heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came into the boat, dragging the net full of fish for there were not, they were not far off from the land, only about a hundred yards when they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished but when, when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten your belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Please be seated. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we are so blessed. We are blessed with this beautiful day and beautiful weekend. We are blessed by the beauty of your creation, by the spring breeze and the new light that springs up all around us. We are blessed to be here in your presence and with one another, blessed to sing and pray and hear your word. Help us to know our blessedness and our belovedness once again and more deeply this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Our gospel today marks the third and final of Jesus' resurrection appearances in the gospel of John. First, as you heard on Easter, he appears to Mary in the garden outside of the tomb, and then she tells the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Second, as we heard last week, he appears to the disciples and then to Thomas in the locked room, showing them his scars and breathing on them the Holy Spirit. And third, and finally today, sometime later, Jesus appears to them back in their native Galilee. In so many ways, our resurrection appearance today brings things full cycle for Jesus and the disciples. They return to the place where their journey all started, where Jesus called some of them as disciples, the shore of the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberius, as it was sometimes called. Their experience of fishing all night and catching nothing echoes a similar story from Luke 5, where Jesus calls them and reveals his power with a great catch of fish. Peter is his same over-exuberant self, trying to throw on some clothes while jumping out of the boat and swimming to Jesus. And Jesus' last miracle here of a great catch, 153 fish in all, echoes his first miracle in John of turning water into wine at the wedding of Cana in Galilee. His first and his last miracles, like so many in between, are miracles of abundance, through which Jesus is recognized as having a kind of divine authority and power. And it reveals his identity as God's chosen one. They're eating breakfast together and Jesus taking and blessing the meal is a reminder of all the meals that they shared together over three years, a reminder of the feeding of the 5,000, and an image of us for communion where Jesus feeds us now with himself, with all his love, forgiveness, mercy, and grace. It is a perfect epilogue, a perfect summation of all that we have seen and heard about Jesus' journey from his birth, his baptism in the Jordan River, His journey from Galilee to Jerusalem, to the cross, to the tomb, and His resurrection appearances. Resurrection stories of Jesus like this one are surprisingly rare and precious in the Bible. There are only eight in total in the Gospels, depending on how you count them. There are two in the Gospel of Matthew, none in the Gospel of Mark, three in Luke, and three in John, and that's it. This life-changing, history-altering moment, and there are only eight stories about it. And so I think it is good to sit with them and to savor them while we have the opportunity this Easter season. You could even go home today and read all of them, just flipping to the end of each gospel, and it would only take you 10, 15 minutes. For me, these stories seek to describe two things for us. First, our human reaction to the incredibly good yet disconcerting news of the resurrection. And second, how the resurrected Jesus meets us here and now. In these stories, we see some common reactions to the resurrection. We see the initial shock, terror, amazement, tons of confusion, denial, indignation. Thank you, Thomas a slowness to recognize the risen Christ here and on the road to Emmaus. And we also see a sense of relief and release and joy and an urgency to tell the world what has happened. I think we also see in this story a longing for the familiar in the face of incredible events and great change. The disciples went back home to Galilee, and then they went and did what was most natural for them. They went fishing perhaps in the very same boat that they had crossed the Sea of Galilee with many times with Jesus. Perhaps during that night of unsuccessful fishing, they shared memories and told stories, maybe about how Jesus had fallen asleep back there in the back of the boat and how they had to wake him up to still the storm. Or that time when Jesus came to them walking on the water and Peter again jumped out of the boat only to start sinking down and be raised out of the water by Jesus. I imagine lots of laughter and tears and profound silences as they sought to make sense of everything that had happened. In those moments when our lives change so powerfully, we seek the comfort of home, however we define that, the company of friends and family that know us well, and space and time to process and integrate what has happened. If I had to guess, I think that is what the disciples were looking for on the boat. It wasn't about the fish. It was about being together in a familiar place with the wind in their faces and the smell of the sea and good company as they thought about all that had happened, surely missing Jesus and reimagining their lives and all of life in the light of the resurrection. It reminds me of a line from the movie The Princess Bride, another sacred text of our time, (laughs) uh, when they say, when things go wrong go back to the beginning. When things go wrong, go back to the beginning. And that's kind of what the disciples do. These resurrection stories also help us to recognize the risen Jesus in our midst, in our lives. We don't get to touch his scars like Thomas or eat the breakfast he has just cooked up for the disciples on the shore. But these stories tell us what to be on the lookout for, how to recognize Jesus now when he shows up. And the first is clearly abundance. From his first miracle to his last, from catching fish to catching people up in God's love, Jesus shows up in moments of abundance. When we encounter abundance, we encounter the risen Christ. Whether that is the abundance of the flea market where a church full of donated goods are sold to benefit local charities or an abundance of meatballs, maybe 1,000, cooked for Chosen 300 every month? Or the abundance of the community garden that helps feed those in need? Or the abundance of the prayer shawls that you saw out in the narthex that we will bless today? Just yesterday, God's abundance was overflowing here at church. In the morning, we baptized Simone and Catherine Wiley, that is Debbie and John, Israel's youngest granddaughters. And as part of the baptismal service, we read a little bit of poetry, we talked about the meanings of the girls' names, and we played a little music on a Bluetooth speaker. And we played uh, a particular version of This Little Light of Mine" by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And spontaneously, all of the young cousins, five cousins under 10, all of the young cousins got up and danced. Yeah, right here, right next to the font. It was my first ever baptism dance party. And it was pure and utter joy, just as it should be. And then in the afternoon, we celebrated Becky, Walter, and Sam uh, out wedding in the outdoor chapel on the most beautiful day. And there, with an abundance of family and friends gathered together, an abundance of love and grace, they shared their vows in an abundance of sun, so much so that at least Becky and I got sunburned. Whenever we encounter abundance, I like to think of it as the kind of abundance that just makes you laugh out loud or the kind of abundance that just feels like a pure grace and all you can do is shake your head. And that kind of abundance, there is the risen Christ. And my, he was with us yesterday here and today this morning as well. Second, I would say that this story tells us that Jesus shows up for, for us in the familiar places of our lives. The disciples were doing something very familiar and natural to them. They went home. They went fishing. That was who they were. That was what they did. And that's where Jesus meets them. Another time after the resurrection, he met a couple of the disciples while they were just out walking and talking out on the road to Emmaus. And they recognize him when they sit down to dinner. And here he reveals himself to the rest of the disciples over breakfast. I think we underestimate how Jesus shows up in those familiar places in our lives, in our work or at school, walking, working in the yard, running errands or shuttling kids around, packing lunches, juggling dinner, being out in nature or over meals. Jesus meets us in the very familiar places of our lives just as he met the disciples. And it's there, whether that is a particular place or a particular people that you're surrounded by, That remind you that remind us of our belovedness of our worthiness of our goodness it's there in these places that Jesus meets us the resurrected Jesus did not just show up eight times 2,000 years ago the resurrection stories continue with us he shows up for us here and now in and with abundance in and with and through the familiar people and places in our lives He shows up with grace. He shows up with life. He shows up with hope. And we can't help but share along with the rest of the disciples of every time and place. We too have seen the Lord. Amen.